Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's our Rose Bowl preview edition. I'm Jim Galante along with Andy Shea. Hoping that all of you had a wonderful holiday. How about yourself, Andy? It was outstanding. Thank you, Jimmy. I hope everyone out there enjoyed the same. And uh, looking forward to this New Year's weekend with a little added spice with the Rose Bowl game and Penn State being there. Kind of extends that holiday weekend with the game on Monday. Let me start, Andy, with a couple notes. First of all, Mentioning with the game on Monday, we will not be doing a Keystone kickoff show for Monday with the game on that day. We'll be back on Wednesday and back on a regular schedule. That's number one note. Number two, administrative note. I'd like to talk to those of you listening to us on ESPN Radio in State College. This will be our last show on that affiliate. Uh, please, our loyal listeners, and I know we've got a lot of them out in State College, you could find us in the meantime. Uh, go to your Apple Play, Google, uh, Google Play, download our app, Keystone Sports, Spotify, Odyssey, we're everywhere you get your podcasts. We'll see if we could work something out and end up on another affiliate in State College, but we thank the good folks at ESPN. Uh, State College, who've been great to us over the last several years, Andy. So, you ready to talk Rose Bowl? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Rose Bowl. All right, a couple quick notes uh, leading into it. Uh, We just got the announcement that Smith Vilbert, who has been out all season, unnamed reasons, but uh, James Franklin tells us Smith Vilbert will be eligible for the game. A little bit of a surprise there, isn't it, Andy? Uh, a little bit. I mean, he he played in the bowl game last year, and then, you know, it was – I think he announced sometime in October that uh, he would be unavailable um, for this season. But it looks like, you know, he's been running with the scout team a little later in the year. And, you know, Franklin said that he's been doing really well the last year and he's done a great job of training and lifting and doing all the things. So whatever the reason was he didn't play or wasn't available, he's now available to them. I mean, I don't think he plays in this game necessarily. I think they're, they kind of figured out what they're pretty good at with the defensive ends that they have. But um, I think going forward, because he showed just a little bit of promise in that bowl game last year, you always like to have players available that show a little bit of promise. So don't expect him to play in this one, though. I wouldn't be surprised if he does make a couple appearances, uh, get a couple plays in, Andy. I think the bigger news to all this is it's tough. If a player's been, I'll say, in the doghouse for a season, but works his way out, Whatever the issue is, I respect that player. And we saw with Akeem Beeman, who was out the previous year, came back, was a presence on this season's team. 
Uh, kudos to Smith Vilbert, who apparently did what it took to get himself back in the good graces. So that's great to hear. The other news item is Brenton Strange is declaring for the NFL draft, but he is going to play in the Rose Bowl. It's actually been a nice sign on this Penn State team. Outside of Joey Porter, and I understand Parker Washington declared for the draft and isn't playing in the bowl game, but that's due to injury. In fact, he's uh, apparently he has traveled with the team. What does that say about the uh, the Penn State program as a whole, Andy? That they are not getting uh, many opt outs for the get bowl game. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I think it's a. I don't think it's a program reflection per se. I still think it's an individual choice. I still think each individual player has to make their own decision. I mean, it's just not because you're a high draft pick. Saquon Barkley was a high draft pick and, you know, and said he was going to play in the bowl game. Now, James didn't play him very much um, in that bowl game. I don't know. Will Brenton Strange play a lot? Will he have his full complement in the role that you saw him in 12 games this season? That's going to be up to James and Brenton, right? Like the player has a voice in here. I mean, isn't Juice Scruggs is doing the same thing? Declared for the NFL draft is going to play in the Rose Bowl. He's your center. Kind of an important guy on the offensive line, making all the calls and, and getting the ball back to Sean Clifford on a consistent basis. But, you know, it's an individual choice. These players made individual choices that they still want to play in this game and and I get it. I, I don't think it's a program thing. I really think it's an individual thing. Joey Porter Jr., elite NFL draft pick, going to be a first round, might be a top 10 pick. He's not going to play. Makes sense, right? So it's an individual choice. I don't think it's a culture or program thing. It, it is an individual choice, and I'm not going to be critical of any of the players, Andy, for making that decision. You know, you're yeah. Joey Porter it's it's a wise decision on his part because he's a guaranteed top pick. Um, but I just I do think it's a good sign that the players bought in to the culture, want to be part of it. It doesn't mean Joey Porter's a bad guy for making the different decision. It doesn't at all. But I think it's a good sign to see that most of the Penn State players who are declaring for the draft have chosen to play in the bowl game. I, I hope that's something that we see in the future also. And, again, I don't blame the kids for choosing, Andy, to not play in a bowl game. It could be a very wise business decision. But for the game as a whole, college football, it's better when the best players are, are going to the bowl games. All right, let's take a look now at these two teams, Andy. It's Penn State, Utah. I think for most folks, it's a good matchup. It's a pretty even matchup. But let's take a look at the seasons that these two teams put out there. Pretty comparable. Let's start with Utah team. 10-3 and three on the season. Probably, I don't think there's much doubt that their best wins are. They had two wins over a USC team that going into that Pac-12 championship game was going to be a, a playoff team, a college football playoff team. Yep. They have to be their best wins. Losses to Florida, UCLA, and Oregon. Give me your overview of this Utah team. So they're the Pac-12 champions, right? 
and the bottom line is they beat USC twice this season. And that's what that's what you have to look at right from the jump. They're more like a Big Ten team than a Pac-12 team. And I say that in that they're they're physical up front. They they love to use multiple running backs and just physically pound the ball at you. They lean on their tight ends as weapons in the passing game, and they sort of have a, a, a grizzled, rugged veteran at quarterback who is an outstanding decision maker. That's that's high level stuff. They they lost two games to Florida and Oregon by three points each. So there were a team with very high expectations going into this. They stumbled massively against Florida in the season opener, and they lost right out of the gate. And and it was a game, I mean, I watched the game. It was a game where they did a lot more to lose it than Florida did to win it. And I, and I don't say that very often. So they were 0-1. <clears throat> they were kind of off the national radar at that point. Then they lost to UCLA in early October. And all of a sudden, they're 4-2, and they're off the national picture, right? But they were in a conference this year that had – more quality depth-wise than the Big Ten. The Pac-12 depth-wise was better than the Big Ten in 2022 depth-wise. I'm not saying the top end. I'm saying, you know, in the in top to bottom. And they, ha- they played a quality schedule, and they shredded, like, Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and they just tore those teams up. And the one thing that you have to remember going into this Rose Bowl and when as a Penn State gets ready to play them, USC was rolling them in the Pac-12 championship, absolutely delivering haymaker after haymaker early in that game. And I think USC had a chance to go up either 17-0 or 21-0, something like that early. And Utah made a stand with their backs to their own end zone, and they stopped the Trojans on fourth down, and that game was never the same. So they're battle-tested, and they're a very physical team, especially up front. They enjoy that sort of physical nature, and that will be a factor for them in this game. I think, to be fair, also in that USC game, Caleb Williams got hurt and yes. wasn't the same player that he was when they were rolling early in the game. And and, and by the way, USC just plain doesn't tackle okay, on defense. So that that's part of the equation also. I think after what we saw in that Pac-12 championship game, I don't think USC deserved to be a, a playoff team. But still, credit to Utah. I think your point is very valid about them being a Big Ten style. I think there's a toughness to this Utah team, not just physically, but uh, – they can be behind. They're a mature team. They can uh, tough that out. They're not going to fold their tent. Um, now, in comparing the uh, schedules, it's kind of interesting. You mentioned, yep. and I agree with you, the Pac-12 is deeper than the Big Ten, but at the very top where you have Michigan and Ohio State, you do have two four-team playoff teams. So at the very top, but Penn State has not been tested by anyone in that next level. Penn State has either been very much better than the team on the other side of the field or inferior, I'll put it, to Michigan and Ohio State. So where does that leave us in comparing the schedule and the accomplishments of these two teams, Andy? So I think Penn State turned their season around by boat racing Minnesota. 
That was a great win for them. They lost to Michigan the week for four. They came back at home and they just stomped on Minnesota, a bowl team, a bowl game team in the whiteout game. And yeah, the Big Ten didn't have much depth. The Big Ten West was just awful. So that's really hurt the conference season. Penn State still is a 10-win team. They that that drilled Minnesota, shut out Maryland, and here's the kicker for you, Jimmy. Nine of Penn State's 12 opponents this season failed to score 21 points. That's three touchdowns. Nine. So don't forget that number when it comes to this game. Nine of Penn State's opponents did not reach 21 points this year. And on the other side of this equation, Andy, Utah has scored fewer than 30 points only three times. And by the way, they lost two of those three games. That's it for quarter number one, Andy. Stick around. Quarter number two, we'll continue our Rose Bowl conversation. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. Our quarter number two segment is brought to you by 409tailgateclub.com. You know them from their great barbecue sauces, their Bloody Mary mix, their rubs. They've got some new rubs they're bringing out, Andy. They are their coffee barbecue rubs. Andrew from 409 was kind enough to send both you and I samples. 
I tried out the Costa Rican version on my chicken over the holiday weekend, and it was fantastic. I understand you use some rub also. I did. Uh, and Andrew's recommendation for beef, I used the French roast rub um, for a beef tenderloin. And it it turned out so well that there are a couple meat eaters in our family that I hosted on Christmas. They're non-meat eaters. They don't not eat meat, but, it, you know, they're not going to eat much. They'll eat a lot of everything else. And one of them was asking me, for the rub and the recipe and how I got it to taste like that and how I got had to cook it to get it so tender and blah, 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 blah. So it turned out outstanding. Fantastic. And if you want to enjoy those coffee barbecue rubs, just check it out at 409tailgateclub.com. Both Andy and I will endorse the product because we've used them ourselves. All right, Andy, let's get back to this Rose Bowl matchup. And typically when uh, comparing teams... You start at quarterback. You've got Cameron Rising from Utah. You've got uh, Sean Clifford from Penn State. They're both veterans, both tough guys, uh, been around, experienced. Yep. How do you compare the two of them? I, I I think they're almost, they're sort of like mirror images of them to me, each other. Watching them play, and statistically, they're both, kind of similar. I'd say rising is the better runner at this point in their careers. That's, that's the one thing that stands out to me that because of the injuries and what Sean Clifford has had to deal with on the injury front, it's limited him as a runner. It doesn't mean he's an ineffective runner. It just means it's limp. It's limited what he can do. He can still get out and hurt you. AKA remember the Michigan game uh, when he took off down the field, nobody saw him. Um, he can still get around a little bit, but clearly the more comfortable, confident, and impactful runner as the two comport, two quarterbacks when you compare them, it's Cameron Rising. But their completion percentage is almost identical. It's within three points. The passing yards are the same. It's within 400. I mean, you look at touchdown-interception ratio, right? Like that's a – Clifford is 22 touchdowns passing, seven interceptions. Rising – 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So they're very similar to each other. Um, They both are sort of like the veteran heartbeats of their offense, but they're better when they are not the shining stars of the offense. Does that make sense? It, It does, Andy. And I think those of us who follow Penn State closely will realize that Sean Clifford may be the leader of this team, just like Cameron Rising for Utah, but Sean Clifford is not the star of the offense. He's not a star quarterback. Uh, At best, you could call him a good college quarterback, not a great college quarterback. We all know that. Um, What you want from him is to not make mistakes. And you brought up a good point, too, that Sean Clifford has – not been using his legs very much this season. I'm sure it's partially because he's been beat up so badly and has dealt with injuries that he hasn't gone down that path. I brought this up earlier in the week with T. Frank. He didn't necessarily agree with me. I'll bring it up with you. Might we see a little bit more of the running Sean Clifford because this is his last game. There's not as much, gee, if you get hurt, 
could miss the rest of the season. Well, guess what? This is the rest of the season. Yeah, I I agree with T. Frank on this one. No, especially because you're going to be taking uh, carries or running game options away from the likes of Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen. Don't do that to try and get Sean Clifford more involved in the running game. You don't need to do that. Give those horses the ball and see if they can eat. I, I think he's been effective as a runner. It just hasn't been an integral part of the offense. That's the way I look at it. The only problem with that I see, Andy, is you if you're going to run these read options where one of the options is the quarterback actually carrying the ball, and he never does, you're telling the defense, guess what? Nick Singleton's getting the ball, or Catron Allen's getting the ball. Yep. If you're not even presenting the quarterback as an option. So me, personally, I would not be surprised to see him take off a little bit on those, even if it's just a kind of a change-up to, to surprise the defense. Let's talk, Andy, about players missing this game, either opting out or out with injuries, and players that are coming in. On the surface, what you have is, for Utah, tight end Dalton Kincaid, their leading receiver, uh, receptions and yards, is is out, um, opting out. Cornerback Clark Phillips, a potential first-round draft pick, opting out. The running back, Tavian Thomas, he missed the last couple games because of injuries. He will be out. On the flip side for Penn State, it's first-round draft pick Joey Porter Jr. and wide receiver, leading receiver for Penn State, Parker Washington. In that opting out, who's the winner and who's the loser? Oh, Utah's. This is going to – this is this hurts Utah. Uh it, it makes a little bit of a difference for Penn State because, you know, Joey Porter Jr. puts receivers, and Utah doesn't have great receivers. He puts receivers on an island and sort of sort of makes the field uh, lean heavily towards anybody but who's near Joey Porter from Jr. from the other team, and that that is a little bit of a difference. But this really hurts Utah. I mean, Dalton Kincaid is there. He is sort of like, you know, if you go yin and yang, he is Cameron Rising's yang. If Cameron's the yin, I mean, he leans on this guy and he performs. Clark Phillips is is their best cornerback. So these are game changers for uh, Utah. These players, Kincaid and Phillips, in my opinion, they're game changers. And those two missing, it's, it's just going to be noticeable. It's going to be very noticeable. Parker Washington being injured and out. He's been out for a couple games. Penn State's sort of been able to ham and egg it and not make it real obvious. They played a couple games without Joey Porter Jr., who, you know, missed a couple games down the stretch and, and you know, played a little bit against Michigan State, but really was just taking a last swan song at Beaver Stadium. They are difference makers for Penn State, those two guys, but they are not quote-unquote game changers. And Penn State has more talent and depth on his roster, and that showed down the stretch well, with those two guys out, and it's going to continue to be a factor in this game. Having those guys out for Utah, this is all new territory for them. So they're going to be kind of figuring it out on the fly, 
not a great thing, but it, it's a real win in terms of who they are and what they brought to their team. It really hurts Utah. James Franklin has mentioned that Olu Fashionu and Caden Wallace will probably be back for this bowl game. What does that mean for Penn State's offense? Yeah, I think it means at the left tackle spot that you get to see Olu again, and that's never a bad thing because he's your best offensive lineman. There's no doubt about it. I don't know what it means for Caden Wallace to be available. It just means they maybe they have options at right tackle, but I still expect Bryce Effner to get the start and see the lion's share of the snaps at right tackle. I see what you did there, the lion's share of snaps. Ah, you like that, Jimmy. Yeah, you like that one. <laughs> All right, let, let's let's move on, Andy. Um, bowl games have changed over the last several years in many different ways. One of them is the importance of the motivation of the teams getting there. Who yep. wants to be there? For example, you know what? If Ohio State had ended up in the Rose Bowl, God knows how many opt-outs they would have had. That's a team that expects to be in the playoffs. The Rose Bowl would have been a letdown for them. You have Utah. You have Penn State. Who has more motivation in this game? Yeah, I see. I don't see one team over the other. It's not like when I thought about this, it's not like either one of these teams was players in the college football playoff scenario, right? Like they don't have falling off of a cliff in, in losing a game or not making the playoffs. Utah was four and two after six games. Penn state got boat raced by, you know, <clears throat> Michigan and Ohio state. And, you know, they were what five and two, I think at that point. And, so neither one of these teams was major players in the next level. So this is one of those games where you look at the matchups and you don't really see any clear advantages for either team per se, and you you don't have to wonder if the bowl game matters. I think the Rose Bowl was one of those games that's sort of a little bit different, but bowl games matter. They do, but they don't matter to everyone, right? And neither one of these teams have anything that tells me that that they would be looking at this game as sort of a second tier, what could have been, or they didn't meet their potential. I think this is the top of the shelf for both of these teams after the way their season's unfolded. I think that's a good point. You have uh, Utah that made it to the Rose Bowl a year ago and lost yep. a very tough game to Ohio State. So I think there's a lot of incentive there. And if I'm correct, I don't think they have a Rose Bowl victory in their history. For Penn State, they have that you haven't beaten anybody hanging over their head. You could only play, you know, the teams that are put in front of you. They won 10 out of 12 games, double-digit wins, but it's still going to hang there. You haven't beaten a good team this is a game where they could make that point. Don't forget, too, for Penn State, they're coming off back-to-back poor seasons, right? 500, below 500 in the Big Ten. That was the conversation. You want to stamp this season and move forward by winning this game? You can do that by becoming an 11-win team with a very young roster. There's a lot on the table for them in terms of this game, and they're changing the narrative. There is, and this is that good stepping stone. You can look at this always as the first game of next season 
And with all those young players, it's important. That's it for quarter number two. Quarter number three, we're going to take your questions and we're going to ask Andy. Stay tuned for that. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Andrew P. Shea. This is quarter number three. That means it's time to ask Andy... This is where we take your questions for Andy. We'll pick out the best question at the end. You'll win a prize pack from our buddies at 409tailgateclub.com. Earlier in the show, if you were listening, Andy and I wax poetic about the virtues of their new coffee barbecue rub. And that will be the prize pack. You'll get their multiple coffee rubs. It's a great prize. Andy and I, Andy tried one with his steak, with his beef. I did with the chicken, and they turned out fantastic. I'm sure you'll have the same experience. All right, Andy, you ready for the Rose Bowl edition of Ask Andy? Let's do it. Bring on the flowers, Jimmy. All right, let's start with Larry from New Jersey. He says, hey, Andy, I heard your answer last week when you didn't seem too optimistic about any wide receiver stepping up in the bowl game. Are there any other young players that you think might step up in the bowl game after this extra practice? Oh, I would say keep an eye out for King at cornerback. That is one guy that has 
sort of elevate quietly elevated the way he plays the game. I'd say the last four or five weeks of the season, he started to stand out more to me as a pure, you know, starting number one type cornerback. And I think he's got some matchup advantages with the Utah receivers in this game. So off the top of my bald head, that would be the first guy that I would peg right there would be him. I think that's the guy that he's been starting all year anyway. I I suspect Larry was maybe looking for more under the radar, maybe a guy who hasn't played a whole lot. And I know, Andy, you weren't bullish on some of these uh, younger wide receivers stepping up. I, maybe this is me just being hopeful, but you've always said it's when talent meets opportunity. At the very least, that wide receiver might be the place that there's opportunity. So might it be Omari Evans? Might it nope. be the the younger Clifford? I, don't, I just think someone's going to make a play among the wide receivers. I'm going to go with Amari Evans and his speed making a, a splash play. All right, let's – I remain uh, bullish. I remain bullish. <laughs> All right, let, let's start. Let's uh, move on. Let's go to Charles in Erie who says, Love the show, guys. Andy, here is my bold prediction. How about this from Charles? He says, the veterans on this team have provided great leadership and I think will go out in style. Look for Clifford, Mustafer, Brenton Strange, Jair Brown, etc. to have big games. What do you think? I think that I, I, oh, Charles, I'm sorry to disagree with you. <laughs> I think the young guns are in their first bowl game experience for most of them are going to shine like bright shining stars. This could be a flamethrower game. It could get absolutely crazy, AKA the Penn state USC Rose bowl game. There is some potential for that to happen. And and I'm not knocking Penn state's defense. When I say that there's just some factors that Utah kind of, when they get rolling, it's really tough to, sort of stop that train, but it, it could look like that. But I I still, the veteran leadership gets them ready and going, but the star talent is the young guns. And that is what is going to shine on this field, I think. Gosh, I hate disagreeing right. like that and being the like downer guy, but it's a good, it's a good question though, Charles. I liked it. Andy the downer. All right, let's move on. Let's go to our good friend Steve in Potomac, Maryland. Always, always the voice of optimism. He says, do you have confidence that Utah will not push Penn State around up front? Manny Diaz had two weeks to prepare for Michigan, and the team under Franklin got pushed around by both Arkansas and Kentucky in the previous bowl games. Ooh, that's a good point, Steve. I don't think... I do not think they are going to get pushed around. And I, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, because this is not Michigan's offensive line. This is a good college football offensive line, but it's not a great offensive line like Michigan's. And there was some scheme in that as well, that what Michigan did was they, they were just schematically one step ahead of them, plus they were just physically superior. 
I don't see that in this matchup. I don't see them getting pushed around. I see space, and what happens in space is a key to this game. I, everyone's talking about the trenches and which team can be more physical and blah, blah, blah. I think it's going to be a stalemate where this, where space becomes the premium and the key to, to how this game plays out. I think also, Andy, the storyline out of that Penn State-Michigan game was that Michigan – uh, just was bigger, tougher, stronger than Penn State. I think it was they also outcoached Penn State in that oh, game. Yeah. They outflanked Penn State. When they ran wide, there were three blockers out there for Michigan and only two defenders for Penn State. Yep. And I know that does not reflect well on Manny Diaz, but I also think you got to be careful of judging a team and specifically the defense of Penn State on that one game, um, I think they played very well pretty much the rest of the season, even against Ohio State. Remember, Penn State was, I thought, was the better team for at least three and a half quarters against Ohio State. Yeah, Jimmy, and the other thing I want to say is, that you could, yeah, he did get outcoached and outflanked in that game by Michigan, but it never happened again. Like Manny Diaz licked his wounds, took his you know gut punches and his, you know, you know, crosses to the face and he went to work and, and made this defense better for it. They never got outflanked again. Now they have more speed and talent than most, but it never happened again. And you're right against Ohio state. They were at least on equal footing, except on the scoreboard Uh, top to bottom overall game. And yeah, you could argue for three quarters. They might've even been the slightly better team. I, I don't disagree with that at all. And here's one other thought, and I know I've presented that on this on the show previously, Andy. Penn State was ahead of Ohio State halfway through the fourth quarter. If they had held on, remember, they would be a one-loss team comparable to Ohio, where Ohio State is now. If Penn State had won that Ohio State game, would they not be the fourth team in the college football playoffs? They would have been... They would have had a strong conversation to be had about them in the college football playoff committee decision room. Absolutely. If they had beaten Ohio State and run the table like they did, they would have been a very hard team to leave out of the four-team scenario. I agree. Okay. Uh, I say they should have been that fourth team. Who would you have put in ahead of them? I'm not saying I would have put anybody ahead of them. I, I, I (laughs) I, I don't think Ohio State was a sure lock despite the loss. I think it was a conversation of, you know, you know, was Alabama. And in the end, it meant one loss was key. Yeah, you're right. I think they are the fourth team. If they're a one loss team, they're the fourth team instead of Ohio State. Okay, let's move on. Uh, let's stay with the defense theme. This is Bill from Carlisle who says, the defense has been so dominate, dominant through the final four games of the season do you see that kind of performance from them in the Rose Bowl? I do. Yeah, good good point, Bill. Good question. I brought it up earlier that nine of their 12 opponents didn't reach three touchdowns, right? That's, that's key. You know, 21 points, 24 points, you throw a field goal in there. That's sort of, a, you know, a, a number that makes it a game slash creates success for the opponent. And they just – they especially in the last month. He is right. But they've been doing it for long stretches this season. I mean, 
they didn't have the greatest competition, but they just look more, more prepared. They've looked faster, more comfortable in what they're doing and confident in the depth that they have to continue to run guys in and out at an alarming rate, 15, 18, 19 guys playing through the first quarter, that kind of stuff. They just look like they are a unit that knows exactly what they want to do, and they, they're they 100% committed to it, and now their speed and athleticism is overtaking their preparation so that they're playing fast, and that is what is killing the opponents right now is they're playing so fast that the other team doesn't have any reaction time at all. And I think there's also part of this, Andy, is this is a team now, at the beginning of the season, this was a new defensive coordinator. The back half of the season, it no longer was. Right. The players have learned about Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz has learned about his players. I believe this was a different defense the second half of the season. You mentioned it earlier. From the Minnesota game on, it's been a different defense. One thing I will also point out, Bill, and you know this is a, a point that needs to be brought up for this game – it's not like Penn State has to prepare for something that's a little bit different or is a little heavy one way or the other. Utah's more like a big team than a Pac-12 team. That's right in Penn State's wheelhouse. They they know exactly what this team looks like. They've played against it many times. And Penn State has Abdul Carter on this defense, and I believe it took to the second half of the season for Manny Diaz to realize what he had for Abdul Carter essentially to become a veteran and yep. not be making freshman mistakes. But I think, like I said, on the other side, Manny Diaz now knows how to employ him uh, to his best ability. Let's sneak one last one in. Let's go to William in Mechanicsburg. This is Andy. It seems like Fashionu and Wallace are both going to be available for the Rose Bowl. How much difference will that make? I think there's always a difference. Make It's always a difference. When your left tackle is elite and your left tackle who is elite can play. It's just a difference maker, I think. Uh, he's, you know, he's an elite player. He was a potential guy to go to the NFL and be a, a, a high round draft pick. That's elite college talent. He's developed really quickly, but he's really good and he's really important to this offense. So I think your left tackle, Olu being back, I think it's a difference maker for Penn State. Drew Shelton played well as a true a true freshman. He did. But that's the thing. As a true freshman, I'll take the veteran, the guy who's going to be a top half of the first-round draft pick coming back. Andy, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around quarter number four. We'll name our winner, and we'll continue our Rose Bowl conversation. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. 
You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. I'm Jim. He's Andy. This is our Rose Bowl preview edition. Before we get back to Rose Bowl conversation, Andy, we need a winner of the Ask Andy segment. Who do you got? Congratulations, Bill and Carlisle. I liked your question about the defense. You are this week's winner. Very good, Bill. We'll be getting in contact with you. All right, let's get back to the Rose Bowl conversation, Andy. I had told you this yesterday off air. We were having a conversation about this game, and I told you I was going to come up with an interesting number or two about this Utah team, and tell me what you think. I think this is fascinating. So we often talk about recruiting is the lifeblood of every team, okay? Utah, a top 10 team right now, back-to-back Pac-12 championships. Do you know where they've ranked in the recruiting rankings over the last four years? I do not. Let me share with you, starting with the 2019 season and going forward. In 2019, they were ranked 36th, then 30th, then 31st, then 34th. They have not been ranked higher than 30th in recruiting over the last four years. Penn State, meanwhile, over those four years, is ranked 14th, 17th, 20th, and 6th. Quite the difference. How is that reflecting top-end talent, you ask? Let me tell you, Andy. Over those four years, calling four-star recruits, those high-end recruits, four-star or better, Utah has had 13, 13 four-star players over the last four years. And I say four-star because they did not get a five-star player in that. Do you know how many four-stars and above Penn State has had over that four-year span. In the 30s would be my They had 18, 11, 6, and 16. Oh, my gosh, in the 40s. 50. 
That comes out to 51, if I can do my arithmetic correctly. 51 four- and five-star players while Utah has had 13. I would say that makes Kyle Whittingham a pretty darn good coach out at Utah. Well, you know, one of the things when when we were, you know, getting ready for the Rose Bowl show was we talked about, you know, coaching and is there advantage. And when I think of Kyle Whittingham, what I wrote down was, you know, he's turned Utah, are they a top 10 program in the country the last four or five years? Maybe, yeah. And Penn State, same thing. Kind of, they've had a couple bad years, but maybe, yeah, to a degree, maybe. But who's actually had to do more with less? And I'm like, oh, it's clearly Kyle Winningham at Utah. He's in Utah, for goodness sake. It's not the tradition-rich Penn State powerhouse college football program. It's the Utah Utes. So that speaks to their talent development, but it also is a reflection, those fun numbers that you brought up to me. It also is a reflection as you head into this game of, yeah, Utah has good players, but beyond that, there's not a lot beyond what they do. And they're missing some of them. Penn State's deeper, faster, more athletic because – They have 51 four-stars over the last four years, and Utah has 13. And that is a factor in this game. But, you know, I just think Kyle Whittingham has built the long, hard road way a top 10 program. They were, I believe they were top 10 going into the preseason this year until they lost to Florida. They were considered, you know, the favorite, if not the co-favorite, in the Pac-12. And... They were four and two after six games and fell off the map, but that doesn't mean they've had a bad season and winning a Rose Bowl would probably help a little bit on the recruiting front. I really think it might, but I'm not sure that they're going to be able to get there. Great numbers, Jimmy. Well done. Well, it does say something for the coaching at Utah, but if you're a believer in the star system and if you're a believer in stars on the field, Especially, I believe, Utah, they've lost two of their stars in their tight end, their star tight end, and their star cornerback. Yeah. So they are difference makers on that team. Is it Penn State that has now all of the difference makers on the field? If it's on defense, is it Kalen King, Abdul Carter, Chop Robinson? On offense, is it Catron Allen, Nicholas Singleton? Is it the tight ends on Penn State side with Theo Johnson and Brenton Strange? Does Penn State now have the elite players on both sides of the field, or at least the best players on the field? Yeah, they have they have more of the best players on the field at those positions. At positions, just they're they're difference makers because they're program guys that Utah's missing off the field and in preparation and practice and all that stuff. They're leaders, but they're game changers on the field and Penn state has more of them. You're a hundred percent right, Jimmy. All right. Let's look at the matchups then. You're this, I'm putting you in place of Mike Yersich. I love getting our guys New positions, new jobs. I'm appointing you offensive coordinator. Andy, what are you going to be doing with this Penn State offense in this game? So you know that Utah – so Utah's defense 
you know they have some cracks, right? Like, I know Utah's defense has some cracks. And I just want to remind you, if I'm Mike Yersich, that don't forget, gents, I'd be reminding my players in practice, we averaged 40-plus points the final month of the season, right? Our run-pass balance was a key down the stretch. Our quarterback wasn't lining it up, but he was definitely moving this team up and down the field. It wasn't wild stuff. It was more clinical. That is what we're going to do. And I am going. if I'm Mike Yersich, I'm going to go up to Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, and Tyler Warren and say, gentlemen, I see opportunity for you in this game, and I see opportunity big time in this game. So I think that their defense has some cracks in it, and I think Penn State knows that, and I think Penn State has some matchup advantages to exploit some of those cracks in that defense. And for me, it starts with, the two guys that line up at the running back position and any of those guys that play in the tight end position, they have a definitive and distinct matchup advantage. I think you're absolutely correct, Andy. And I'll go even a step further between the tight ends and the running backs. And I've said this all year. I think you give Sean Clifford an advantage if you have him throwing the ball on first down. I think Utah will be keying on stopping the running game that Penn State tries to establish so often. Get the ball to those playmakers, and that means throwing the ball to your running backs, throwing the ball to your tight ends, and doing it early in the series. I think on first down, you have your best chance of success. And guess what? If all of a sudden you have a second and short and a third and short, Watch those young those young running backs then explode with big carries. That's my thinking. I like I think that they can I think the fact that Utah will have to be hyper focused as they need to be and as they should be about uh, and about not getting carved up by those two running backs in this running game. They can't let that happen first, right? They can't let that. It's going to stretch them. It's going to open up some space and some green space, which is a big advantage, and it creates mismatches against the defense that's now stretched a little bit. Not because you're spreading them out, but because you're forcing them to focus on such a, a potent and explosive running game that, that that stretches them in a different way. So I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I still think they're going to come out and run it on first down in the first quarter. Um, I expect that to happen, but I think it will have to change as the game goes along. And I suspect they're going to frustrate me again with that slow start, Andy. And I want to avoid that slow start. Don't make me wait two or three series before you figure out your offense. Andy, I'll tell you what. I always blame myself after the show when we do the pregame show because I wait too long to hand it over to you for how you think the game's going to go your prediction for the game, and your bold prediction. I'm giving you a couple minutes, plenty of time. Let's hear it. All right, so I think Uncle Mo, that would be momentum, is a, is a factor in this game. I think Utah's offense rides it better than almost anybody in the country. They When they get going, when Cameron Risen gets going, he's got moxie, he's got resilience. When he gets rolling, that, that team feeds off that, and it goes – they, they can ride it for a long time. He's a flamethrower, and they feed off of it. But it's still a bit of a plotting offense. It's something that Penn State has to be aware of, 
that they want to kind of continue to make this offense a little bit more of a plotting offense. Um, what does what does Utah do against a very fast and very confident defense? I can't wait to to see that chess match because Utah brings a lot to the table offensively. Penn State brings a lot to the table defensively. And that's where everyone's been focused. But that is not where I am going. For me, the rubber meets the road in this game. It falls on the Penn State offense. And the group that scored 40-plus points on average in the last month of the season, they have the true matchup advantage against the Utah defense that gives up big plays. That is 67th in the country in yards per play. And they are in the bottom 25, Jimmy, in red zone touchdowns allowed. And they're missing their hammer lockdown corner. There is huge opportunity for Penn State in this game on that side of the ball. I think if Penn State's going to be victorious, and I've seen more predictions for Utah to win this game than Penn State. I struggle to see that with the with the guys they have out. So my prediction is I like the offense. I'm taking Penn State's offense, and I'm going to go Penn State 34, Utah 24. Wow. And I'll tell you what, our predictions are very similar. I have Penn State winning it, Andy, 31-20. And I do believe when I look at these games, sometimes it just comes down to a very simple question. Who has better players? Who is the better team? I see this Penn State defense, and I see them as as good as anybody in the country this side of Georgia, Okay offensively, no, they don't have the best quarterback in the country, but he's a veteran. I think he can still make plays. I think he goes out with a bang. He's got these two wonderful running backs. He's got a stable of tight ends, and he's got just enough at wide receiver. I've got at Penn State 31, the Utah Utes 20. Andy, that's it for the show. Happy New Year to everybody. Enjoy the game, and be sure to join us next week on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lion's soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 